friends. Hello. It is composery things again. Composy Once things. Again. Composy things. Compose, no, I love the fact that we things. mistitle this every time. It's clear. <laughs> it's clear that we have no idea. Rob came up with the word. Rob I did? Up, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, the one screwing it up, though. I, I know. This is why I'm correcting you is because it's your word. <laughs> I sent you a picture of Prim, our tiny cat Prim, on oh, a set right. on, a, on a bunch of staff paper. And you responded with, LOL, cannot has composy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and it's so true. Oh, I remember that now. All right. Well, as I was as I was kind of telling Andrew while you were getting on, um, I have two. Well, I I have like a set and two thirds of questions. <laughs> we could go with the first so set, this is which be is a complete. Three hour or, podcast. No, no. <laughs> we could go with the first set, which is complete, or the second set, which is incomplete, but is more of the moment for me. Uh, you know, I mean, we Let's could go be. With the we could be risque and interleave them. They really don't go together Great. at all. Let's, I kind of, I, I am, I am riding the wave of in the moment lately, and we all talk way too much. So two thirds of a set of questions for you is probably an hour long, Rob. Probably. Okay. It's be good. Well, here it goes. Here's first question. How do you get back to a place where you can prioritize writing when you feel like you are being pulled in 17 different directions and you've already analyzed your life and the non-negotiables have already been eliminated and you still feel like writing is last on the list despite it absolutely needing to be first and the time just isn't there to do anything about it and you're spiraling into a never-ending sea of emails and teaching and paperwork and extra? Oh, there's just no hope. Just, <laughs> just, just asking for a friend here. Not it. Not it. No, I was gonna. I was gonna. Say, Rob. I mean. I mean. Yeah. Are you asking the right person? I don't know if I have an answer to this question. <laughs> well, maybe we can we can come up with an answer for each other. This together. is so great. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. Like. So uh, to get uh, to give some uh, context, backstory yes. or context or whatever, um, I okay. So I think I have been at school or at a school function for like eight, 21 days in a row. In the evening, um, you know that's a Fibonacci number. Not necessarily in the evening. <laughs> But it's like, clearly I go to school five days yep. a week, and I've been there every weekend for three weekends. Ugh. Now, part of that was just w needing to be out of the house because Kate and Sloan had COVID. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to be away for that. But it was still a thing of like, I've worked a whole goddamn day. Even though I'm at school and possibly have the time, there's no brain space mm. for this. Also, the reason I'm here is because my wife and child are sick, even though Sloan was completely, you know, asymptomatic. Um, but it's like there was no amount of working then. So it's like that's what I'm dealing with at the moment. Yeah. And there was uh, – during my fourth year uh, when I was teaching in China – 
there was a period which was incredibly stressful. We were going through just just a ton at the school. Like we were we were being um, audited, and we had to like make sure all this paperwork was everywhere, and all these reports and. And honestly, there were, we, we all felt like, and we were kind of communicated like this, that we could very easily lose our jobs at any mm. moment. Um, which, you know, if you're a Chinese citizen, that's not that big of a deal. But I mean, no, it's not that it's not that right. big of a deal, but it's like you're not in the wrong country when you lose right. your job. Yeah, that puts an added layer of you know? concern. Yeah. So there was a good... I don't know, several months where I would get home and I would have that like very distant stare because I wasn't present and I would pace around the house and just be stressed. And all this kept on going actually until I got my interview for here, Mm. (laughs) you know, and there was some like light at, at the end of the tunnel. But uh, I'm, like, not there yet, but I'm not far You're, riding You're not, the line. not there either. <laughs> You're riding the line, and a couple of bad days could be the difference between, between whether you fall off into the abyss or you recover. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. what happened in May with me. And I... Yeah. That's when I got the burnout. We got the burnout bomb email, and I just gave the fuck up for six months. Um, I finished one piece after I got that email and just recently have pulled back out of it and yeah, it got ugly. And I mean, like, and we're adjuncts, so our jobs are always on the line. They're not, (laughs) there's not been a semester in eight years where we're like, yeah, cool. We totally feel comfortable with what's about to happen next semester. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is a relevant conversation slash question slash there's so many of us in this situation. And mm-hmm. um, Andrew is the king of pacing when he's thinking about anything. So he's going to have to answer you there. I mean, like. <laughs> it's also good for burning yeah, calories. So, <laughs> so, I mean, like, like I said, I feel like I've eliminated the non-negotiables from my life, you know, and there are still, what do you mean? Non-negotiables are usually things that you cannot negotiate your way out of. Oh, sorry. I've, I've, I've eliminated, like I'm only left with non-negotiables. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh. I still feel like there's, you know, it's just too much. There's no, there aren't enough hours in the day. But more importantly, it's like it's not necessarily about time. It's about um focus and being like and it's I I don't even think it's necessarily about the amount of work. It's just there are so many different things that are pulling me. You know, and it's like as I was walking to the car tonight after after finishing my last class, I was like, um, I was walking and it, like s- seven different things 
Oh, I got to do that. Oh my God, I got to do that. Yep. I haven't done that. Oh yep. my God, I yep. got to do that. Like, and it's just like, and they're all constant. Yeah. You know, so it's not, it's not like it's project based. It's just like, this is the way it is now. And, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm trying to get into the headspace of writing, it's that whole thing of like, oh, you know, you have to like quiet the, quiet the mind or whatever, but that's just not happening. Mm. So, and so th- this is coming from someone with, with, uh, who is who is generally an anxious person to begin with so generally the the mind is typically not quiet anyway um you know the, but it's one of the reasons why i i i work so hard at crafting the schedule that some people may or may not think is overboard or some people might think is just oh he's full of shit or you're like that's uh, you know i i have been dm'd a time or two where it's like oh this seems very performative um Hmm. and i'm like thank you that's fine um (laughs) it's a hell of a performance if this is happening but uh the the idea the idea for me is it gives me something to shoot for that is tangible and and forces me to stay accountable to myself to try and keep things out of other things brain space it ain't it ain't perfect it doesn't always work uh some some things derail the process and and time has to be reallocated for different things but i i do find that over the past three-ish years of of doing this kind of like like more or less rigorous uh, uh, scheduling, where I where I where I have a routine that is flexible yet accounting for all the things that need to happen in some way, it, it's totally the Leonard Bernstein thing. There's there's plenty of good ideas and nowhere near enough time to do just about any damn one of them. Mm-hmm. But the the idea that's kind of helped in the composition side of things when I'm able to do it is to establish establish a set routine during the composing time that gets me out like like forces everything out of my system. And that that's Okay, so so what's that? Yeah, that like what is that uh, for you? Interestingly enough, we we talked about it on one of these other podcasts when I when I talked about not listening to things in the car or 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 like going for a run and not listening to music or like I have I have to get into the myself space and so it's not quite meditation, um, but it's it's just kind of allowing myself to be present in the space where I am creating and I go through like. A, a, a fixed routine of either motions or stretching or or playing certain things um, from my composing process J- just to just to feel like I am uh, it, it's it's almost like I will do or I will do an exercise that I know the answer to you know like a like let's just let's just make an example like a part writing exercise or activity i will do like like resolving certain types of chords or doing things just to feel the act of doing the thing and then once i get more or less warmed up 
I, I actually, I, I have a desire to, to work. Um, and of course the problem with all of that, it, it is itself time consuming. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, and that's, that's the trick, yeah. right? Like convincing yourself, like, no, this is yes. worth it. Like I'm, I'm doing, yes, this is not actively composing what I should be. But in doing so, I am going to be more productive after I do it. And and I think that the yield will not will probably not be apparent to most people in that that one session. But it's the 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 addition, the sum of all those moments where if if you forced yourself through it or if you waited until the iron was hot, so to speak, in terms of your 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 mental space that you probably wouldn't have as much productivity um, in, in, in when you measured all of the things out. At least that's, that's what I've found anecdotally. Yeah. I really find that I need something that makes me excited and I can manufacture that a couple episodes ago. We we're talking about, you know, what do you do? I can't remember exactly how I worded this question, but it was, it was one of the last questions I asked and it was like, how do you replenish and like remind yourself who you are Mm. to be a a composer? And for me, um, like not having a concert to look forward to something on the books that is, I I love our students. They are wonderful performers, but there is something that is still so different about buying tickets, going out, getting mildly dressed up, going to an event, being in a different brain space than I need to be able to coach you after this, right? Like things went well, things went poorly. Let's talk about, I don't want that capacity. I don't want that side of my brain turned on. Um, One of my favorite dates and like Andrew and I are both Netflix is heavily competitive with the events we go to now because most of the stuff that we can go to is in Buffalo. Right. So it's like Buffalo. a 45 minute drive. Which also had an earthquake the morning, this morning. of this podcast recording. Yeah. Just, just, just. It's been a weird couple of years like, for Buffalo. Like Buffalo and Turkey? Yeah. Yeah. And Yikes. I, uh, I was walking down the hall. Sorry to inter- interject with yep. this random yep. story, Jamie, but walking down the hall of the building this morning at O Dark Thirty, and some of my faculty colleagues are talking about, uh, you know, what if there's a connection? Like, you know, it's kind of like a butterfly flaps its wings in India, kind of, kind of circumstance. Did it like go through the center of the earth and come out the other side? I don't even it's know if that's possible, <laughs> but. But I mean, you know, like, uh, yeah, it was it was weird. Six fifteen, a four point two. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, I saw a tweet this morning that was like, "Hey Buffalo, describe what you thought it was before you knew it was an earthquake." And somebody was like, "Boiler exploded." <laughs> 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 um, but but being having to drive all the way up to Buffalo, like we really have to make the emotional commitment of being invested in an event for over four hours but one of the ones that made us most excited was carrie and quintet came oh uh, my god so good yeah they their first ever the carrie and woodwind quintet that does choreographed performances to like ligeti's six bagatelles 
Their mm. first ever U.S. performance was in Buffalo in February 2020. It was so wow. cool. <laughs> I mean, it was a it was a memorable concert. That was that was the last concert we were basically at. Kind I think. Of. Yeah. Before, uh, like, it, I think it was it was definitely the last professional concert. Well, no, well, yeah, I think so. There was a bunch of residencies and stuff like that and premieres right around there that like we keep saying this about events and I feel like there's like four or five that you and I say this about. But Carrion was one of the it was late February because I got tickets for your birthday for that. I know. (laughs) So it's one of those things where like we were so excited to go and to be at that event. And I didn't love every single piece on the concert, but my excitement about going kind of like motivated me in in different ways and when i'm in the middle of a semester and i can't see my next like emotionally exciting professional thing that's going on it gets really rough but i i think that that's one of the things that can artificially manufacture a sense of drive in my composing again is like knowing when that next thing I get to look forward to is. So, I mean, take this with a grain of salt too from what I have to say because I haven't composed all week. Like, like not not really. I've done a few little sketchy things here and there, um, but it's been largely... Uh, I have spent a significant amount of my week analyzing a ton of music. Um, for, well, for some of the classes that I'm teaching. So, so like from, from some of those things, I've done like one-off little sketches or like look, looking at, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, a uh, uh, symphonic work for a sonata class. And I'm like, Oh, you know, what happens if I take this type two sonata idea and, and like do a little thing with like, so nothing, nothing too like personally exciting, but, uh, another strategy I have to artificially uh, help me gain momentum is kind of living vicariously. Like people, people talk about how I share things and post things and, and, you know, tag people and yes, very original content that I have. That! Um, And the other thing! I mean, it's, (laughs) it's real. Like you really need to have, like, you need to have a a coding system. (laughs) Like this is our only for X type of stories. That's are for other types of stories. And then you need a separate category of the other thing. I love it. No, this is, I mean, part of the reason why I do it is, is I'm genuinely like interested in following these things and excited for these people that are doing stuff. But it, it also, it gets me, it gets me thinking in a positive way. Not, not, not a, not a, oh, you know, these people are doing these things or having these opportunities and, and I'm not. It's, it's a, I could be part of this synergy if I allow myself to get swept up in the excitement that is this kind of cool concept. Um, and that, that for me helps, um, mm-hmm. knowing that, well, you know, maybe, maybe I can't do it right now, but in a few days I see that, I see that block of time that I'm guarding with my life, uh, that I'll, that I'll get to engage with my creative career and, and that might help. I also have one other little trick. Rob, you're just not going to be able to talk. It's just not happening. <laughs> he asked a big question. He doesn't have to <laughs> That's talk. That's the point. <laughs> um, 
I have palette cleanser pieces where, uh, yeah. like, you've got a lot of responsibility this year in your commissions. Like, there's some heavy hitting shit going on, right? Can we don't bring that up? Yeah. No, we have to bring it up because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, this conversation means nothing if we can't talk about Just, it. Just <laughs> yeah. So so here's here here's what's on the plate at the moment. Um. I have a commission for saxophone ensemble from the Fredonia saxophone um, studio Woot. and Wildy Zumwalt. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what I'm working on presently and what I've been, you know, I posted a picture of a book I finished uh, yester- yesterday um, about uh, fungi and yes. mushrooms and that's what the piece is going to be about. and. You know, I I have I I've written like the first little bit. I've pr- I've planned it. It's it's there, but the the doing of the thing. Um, oh yes, the doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's one thing that's due by September first. Uh, it's going to be in well before that. Um. Then I have a commission from Ohio Music Teachers Association. Um, from uh, it, it, they had a call, or as it wasn't a call that you have to be nominated for it. Um, so one of my other faculty members nominated me, and I won. That means I get to write a piece, which is great. Um, it's gonna be a piano miniatures, a set of piano miniatures, and I was telling these two about it um the other night while my kids were being ridiculously loud. So good. Um, and interrupting nonstop. <laughs> um, so that's like kind of lo- a loose idea so far. Um, and then I also, so that's also due September 1st. Um, and then <laughs> I have uh, the unheard of ensemble. Uh, I got one of the, they did a project with the Johnstone Fund uh, uh, with Ohio composers and um uh, my collaborator, Mayor Hirsch, and I, um, we applied and we got one of them. And uh, we just had a conversation last week about, you know, the direction we're going to go in. And it's really exciting. Like, it's going to be it's going to be fucking gonna badass. Be rockin'. Yeah. It's it's going to be so cool um, for the full ensemble, which is clarinet, violin, cello, piano, electronics, and video. Um, and I think the video is going to be, like, all done live. You know, it's going to be like, uh, it's live generated, so it it'll, you know, most likely be slightly different every time. Um, but that that's that's Mayor's. Uh, that's it's her. It's nice that's to have collaborators. <laughs> it is nice to have collaborators. So that's that's due October first. Mm-hmm. And then you know there are things that are going to happen after it. There are. Too. There's always many things on the horizon. There, there are many things. Some of them were supposed to happen right now and got pushed back. Some of them are new and are going to push other things back. Like they're just the, so. There are no like throwaway pieces. <laughs> there right are not. Now. There are not. So I have like, no palate cleansers available to me. <laughs> So like 12, 13 years ago was when I was writing my first opera and 
Marilyn Shrewd sent me home one weekend and was like, Oh my like, God, I love this story. Take a break. And I went home that weekend and she said something along the lines of go do some bassoon things or something like that. I don't remember what she told me, but I went home and instead of working on my opera, I took a break. I just wrote a bassoon quartet in two days. And it is, it was a throw, it was a throwaway little thing. I was experimenting with some techniques, but I was so, so bogged down in the language of my opera, which was like largely octatonic before I (laughs) really had worked with a lot of octatonic scales and realized I need something else. Mm-hmm. And so I went home and I wrote this little palate cleanser and I got back the next week and she was like, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I meant take a break, Jamie. But I, every once in a but, while, I really need these little pieces. And this is where like Andrew is a miniaturist and I have miniatures that are usually to clear my brain of the cobwebs because I don't have enough capacity to sit down for a whole weekend and work on a huge project that I've been working on and my life is complicated. I'm just like, everything outside that door is shit. And that door is closed. I'm okay in here writing my little rinky dink saxophone miniature. That piece has gotten played everywhere. And a couple months ago when I was in the middle of this rut that I've been in, I called Amanda DeBoer Bartlett and I said, fix me. And she sent me text for uh, four poems that she has. And uh, we're working on a new um, set of pieces. I mean, we're working on two kind of different things for for voice and guitar. And I haven't really even talked to you about them because these are things that are just, they're not unimportant. Amanda's collaboration is one of the most important collaborations of my life. Um, but these are also pieces where neither one of us feels pressure to perform them, to <laughs> finish yeah. composing them. These are going to be, I mean, like some of them are my AI miniatures where I let Siri half write the text. <coughs> mm-hmm. I did, I did autocomplete um, and just like, yeah. I found some really That's cool fun. infinite loops and. Uh, wait, wait a minute. Wait, we're, we're in, wasn't this the podcast giving me shit for. <laughs> What? Wait, chat GP. <laughs> wait, what? I did this like I wrote the text for this. Oh God, like six or seven years ago, <coughs> when auto uh, or auto completion on Siri was still relatively like it was a novel algorithm. It was still really <laughs> new and charming, and so I had you know we saw tweets that were like. Type in blah, 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 and let autocorrect finish your sentence, yeah. right? And so I did this with just like, she said, he went, I did, I did it for like 10 different little movements. And the funny thing is, you know, the the adaptable text changes with your language. And that's the thing I find charming about it is like, I write text all the time. And this text is based on the way I speak. So unfortunately, I wrote these little 10 miniatures. And then I took a train trip to Chicago. And my entire Siri language changed. And I couldn't have gotten back to writing without talking about travel. For months Hmm. after that, like the Hmm. train emoji kept popping up for random words. It was just like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) So I love that I'm calling this song cycle AI predictive. And I love that it's this little time capsule of the way I spoke before that one train trip to Chicago. And I think it was 
I think it was when Anyone Lived was premiered. So it was like 2017. Mm. And uh, and yeah, I mean, these pieces, like, I think four of them are done. And every once in a while, I just need to dive into something small. And Amanda's like, right for two sopranos and harp, right for guitar and, and soprano, right for whatever combination you really feel like. And it's given me a lot of freedom with this project to just be like, I don't know, I got 10 of these little rinky-dink miniatures with a lot of cool techniques in it. And at some point we'll get them performed. We haven't really focused on it because there's only like three of them done, but we'll, we'll get it. We'll get there. Yeah. And I think like, I, you know, when, when I called you that day that, um, the Ohio thing came in <laughs> and I already had, and I already had unheard of, and I already had the saxophone thing. And I was like, this is one more. And at that time I was like, Lindsay Goodman and I were still going to be uh, doing the alto flute and electronics piece. We have since pushed that um, for both of our benefits, right, actually. Right. Um, but uh, when I called you that day and, you know, I was like, how am I ever going to do this? And like the thought <laughs> had already occurred to me about miniatures because those could be kind of mm-hmm. a like, oh, I can just do one and, and then put it away and do one and put it away. And and maybe that is the way I'm going to go because, you know, after um, like this this weekend, I was up at in Columbus at OMEA. Um, and, uh, in driving back, like Andrew, you said, you know, just kind of, I don't sit in silence, but I find driving, even with music music on is, uh, still, a still a space where I can do some real thinking. Um, and, you know, I kind of came up with the, the concept for the piece and texted it to the, you know, the pianist I'm writing it for. And she was like, oh my God, this is going to be so cool and blah, blah, blah. Yes, let's do this. And, um, like, I, I, I've almost been thinking more in that, uh, vein than the saxophone thing recently, you know? So maybe it is the thing where I just need to like kind of pump one of those out over a couple days and then like get back um to saxophone this, world. This probably brings up something that we've talked about on the podcast a little bit before that I that I kind of typically like to do. I I never like working on one project at a time. Oh, that's the only way I know how anymore. My my big thing my big thing though is that even even if their deadlines are similar or or the same, the pieces themselves have to be in slightly different states in in order for me to make the most out of the the working on multiple pieces cuz if they're all in the same yeah. if they're all in the same state it's not um it it's not any kind of relief moving from one project to another because you're just going from basically similar problem to similar problem and that's exhausting yeah mm. yeah i don't care about that yeah i don't care like the the hopping between languages is part of what refreshes my brain Mm. yeah i mean i don't know something's gotta something's gotta give i have an observation okay jamie you go how do you track this constant interruptive thoughts that are like, I have seven things I just came up with while the steering wheel's in my hand and I can't insert this on a to-do list? Because uh, let me tell you, I have a walking to-do list. His name is Andrew Martin Smith. It's me. 
And he really loves using morning commutes to tell me things I have forgotten to do. I have the best time. (laughs) And I have finally started telling him, I have a steering wheel in my fucking hands. I don't know what you want me to do with this right now. Um, And then we bought a second car, so I am happy. <laughs> I, I just want to put it out there that might not be the most financially viable solution for everyone we listening. We got the second car for a different reason. <laughs> just happened it just happened to fix it this. It just problem. happened to fix this problem. Now the bicycle we bought for this problem because until it was cold, I just wanted to go in later and not have this 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 go on in the morning, especially when this crazy person goes in so fucking early and I just want a morning routine that doesn't involve panic, fall out of bed, into my outfit, <laughs> re- run past the hairdryer, hope the makeup makes it on the right part of my face, and then attend school for the day. <laughs> so, my thing... Yeah, I, I honestly... I, th- honestly, these, these things, they don't get tracked because they always happen when I am not, you know sitting or at a place where I can, you know, like put them on a to-do list. So I'm just, uh, Hey Siri, remind me to send an email to Rob in the morning, uh, that he needs to come up with a better system. Clearly. All right. I've added it to your books to read list. (laughs) (laughs) She gets a little confused, but I know. Good good work. Good work, Siri. But I use, I mean, I, I have done so many to-do lists in the past. I have a good notes uh notebook that is only to-do list that goes back like two years. And I I opened it up recently and I realized I hadn't made one since before school started. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, it's and it 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 really speaks to the like I don't there isn't even the brain space to make one of those because I know half the things are going to get neglected anyway, (laughs) you know? So it's like, I am only living five inches from my face right now. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I I, I can't do that. See, like you can't, I know don't do, I can't either. Clearly I can't either. (laughs) I actually have started now and I'm like, I am queen of all notebooks. Okay. I I have never walked past a notebook. I didn't want to own and fill with a different. Let me tell you, that's a true story. Yeah, I know. I know it's bad. Um, put it this way. I just walked past a set of notebooks at um, at Target this weekend while I was there for something entirely different, but one of them had planets on it, so I I, um, I bought the planets notebook. So you you did what every Target shopper does. <laughs> well, you went there for toilet paper <laughs> and a bathroom. Uh, like a bathroom floor so mat stream, and you walk yes. and you and you walked away with three hundred dollars <laughs> worth of my stuff. target splurges are only about 75 dollars the fact that i've had one a week oh, since okay. i moved here because i ne- <laughs> i do not usually live this close to a starbucks that is a very different issue uh i am hoping you mean a target resol- you're sp- you're spending 75 at starbucks no no, no 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 at target yeah, you said Starbucks. It's did fine. I? Oh, okay. Well, you did. I meant Target. Starbucks is. Freudian. I mean, Freudian slip. 
<laughs> Starbucks is a non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so. So you're telling me get my life I'm together. telling you that we don't always, like, sometimes a brain dump is what you need. You just need to get those seven things into a place where you're not going to, you're not going to need to rely on your brain to do it. Right now, you're relying on yeah. your brain to remember every fucking thing you have going on. And guess what? It's cranky about it. It's like Sloan on a hike. It, 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 <laughs> or like me or on like a hike. Like you on the same fucking hike. <laughs> I was only cranky because it was soggy. That's the only reason, okay? I am perfectly pleasant when I'm not walking in the middle of a stream that should be a path up a mountain. I, I saw nothing wrong with this. It was just so invigorating. Yeah, you're... But right now, you're, you're relying right. on your whole brain to do all of the work. So when you sit down to compose, of course you can't your clear your mind. Your memory is already exhausted. Yeah. Your mind is already exhausted from trying to recall all of these things and do them all day long and make sure you've got them all done before work. And then you sit down in your car and there's seven more that just keep creeping up like whack a fucking mole. <laughs> or like Andrew in a whack car a ride. Whack a mole. I want to play that game. <laughs> or, yeah, like Andrew on a car ride. Your walking to do yeah. list is your own goddamn brain. So the so uh so talk to so talk to me about the mycelial network here because that's this is this is another thing I think it's basically <laughs> no no this makes sense hold on okay uh, give him let him speak uh just read a book right? about it and so isn't isn't this the network that that plants kind of use to transfer. Like like nutrients and things that there's an abundance of of that one doesn't need but somebody else does and so there's I feel like this podcast is like a little mycelial network. No, oh, the cheesiness. Of it. Yes, you, stop it. It you are, it's so good. <laughs> that you're you're speaking, of course, about the world, uh, the wood wide web. Ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to edit out so much coughing, and I'm so sorry. I don't know what you're talking. No, it's gonna, gonna be exactly drop. like uh, uh, Mark Applebaum's precomposition. I'll let one or two slip in, and maybe even pan that around. <laughs> well, that was a that was a great. Fr- that wasn't heavy at all. <laughs> <laughs> We can be done with that. I have another question. Do you know? Um, uh, no, ser- we're back no, in. Ser- no, seriously, I, that first one, I'm done. I'm tapped out. <laughs> no, this is this other question is lighter. No, I feel like there was something else I, mean, I was going to say, but I started having a coughing fit. You're going to we were talking about slip in <clears throat> some kind of Garrett Schumann well, German no, 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 opera no. heavy. No, quest. no, no. I am. Um, I so the point of the whole I am the Notebook Queen story is that even. With all of the mind mapping that I do and all of the, I mean, all of this is on paper because I've tried digital and I just can't get a scope of my whole life if I'm not Mm. doing large scale mind maps. Even then, I realized last month that I wasn't doing the same amount of planning and goal setting and like uh, brainstorming about adjective that I do with my composing. So I bought a different mm. notebook and it is just filled with 
When was the last time I checked in with each of our composers? When was the last time I looked at our performance partners and checked in with each of them? Who are our new potential performance partners? And this is the type of thing that, like, I've always had a version of, but it is not one concise plan. And now for this month, I set goals physically, running-wise, exercise-wise, lifting-wise, in one notebook. I set adjective ones in a different one, composing ones in a different one. They all come into the same place so that I am focusing on just a few things a week. But I've given myself the brain space to explore each of these different areas of my life. And thank fucking God I'm not doing this long term. Like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I can see the end of my time trying to split my focus between teaching, especially, and all of the rest of it. But my God, Adjective has gotten more stuff done from my side of things because I bought one fucking notebook. And I gave myself a half an hour every weekend to just be like, hey, have I moved the needle on that? Nope, I can take care of that email right now. Or Mm. I can schedule it in in between lessons. And all of my business emails got done today. And it's just like, it's, it's relatively simple things like that, but my brain is 38 and a couple of months years old. It does not need the responsibility of remembering to breathe, clearing this disgusting cold out of my life, (laughs) sending the white cells into battle, (laughs) and also remembering that on the third Thursday of April, I have a guest composer (laughs) whose name I haven't even learned yet. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) She can't do all of this on her own. I've, I've learned to plan broadly and then only look at today's shit today. Uh, you know, this this also brings up an interesting thing, uh, tying in the exercise kind of thing, but also tying in the fact that uh, the stuff that worked for us even three years ago. Oh, God, yeah. Pr- probably doesn't. Want, that was actually the sat the saddest the saddest moment in our relationship. Jamie, you ready for this? You ready? You ready, Internet, for something profoundly personal? Was it saddest six months day. ago? Oh, it, it may. We might be thinking of the same thing. You tell me. You tell me if I'm sad. When I had a meltdown because mind mapping was no longer working for me. This is exactly <laughs> what I was going to bring up. That I I walked into. I can't now. Now you probably have the details better than I am because in my brain, all of that doesn't matter apparently. Uh, but I I walk down into what I think is the living room, and mm-hmm. and there's just. There are large, because Jamie mind maps on like giant ass calendar paper. Desk calendar, huge oversized desk calendar. I buy them so I can flip them over and make a mind map on the back. I come down there and you know, you know when you're used to seeing a thing and you're used to seeing a thing. So it kind of becomes a, li- a little like, like white noise. Like it's, it's just, I get down there. There are so many pages just like mm-hmm. strewn about the living room. And Jamie's just sitting on the floor, and I look at her, and I'm like, you okay? And basically, Jamie said, mind mapping doesn't work anymore. (laughs) It was just the, it was the most, just, it was the saddest moment. (laughs) That sad realization followed by the explosion of, I don't know what my life is anymore, that proceeded over the next 45 minutes, should have been the biggest giveaway. 
that I was not okay Mm. in the fall. I was pretending I was okay. I was nowhere near okay. Yeah, that was a sad day. Mind map and I are coming. Mind maps and I are coming back to each other. But the thing was like, but I had. But it's it's going to be different. It is going to be different. And if you don't have the capacity to get something done because of a mental strain or emotional setback, then your mind map's going to look the same for six months straight. And that's what I lost my my mind about. It was nothing was getting oh. done. And therefore, I thought it wasn't working. I actually think I was just depressed. <laughs> I think I was just depressed. And I'm like, saying that sentence has taken me two whole months. But I think that's yeah. where I was. And I couldn't recognize it to know that that was what was holding any productivity back. And and I've only been that burned out one time in the past, one one other time in the past. And it was before I started my mapping and things like that. So, yeah, we change. And I used to just need one notebook and a planner. It was like a, basically a to-do list notebook, um, but it was broken out into days. And then the system evolved and our lives got more complicated. And then they got simpler and then they got really fucking complicated. So, I mean... If you've abandoned all tasks, like management systems, then I have zero confusion about why it's hard for you to write right now. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the, the phrase email bankruptcy. I'm just like, task bankruptcy. Just mm-hmm. like, hell with it. It's just like, if anybody, if I had to do anything for anybody, I just, I claim bankruptcy. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a bad idea. Um, I mean... <laughs> So, so Andrew, you know, you, you posted something about, uh, you know, the various states, your different yeah, emails. Yeah, we're going were for in. inbox less than a hundred. That's the plan these days. <laughs> yes. So my, my G, since I'm like split my work email and my Gmail apart, my Gmail has become way less consequential, consequential. It's mostly like for professional yeah. stuff, Yeah. but there's a lot of bullshit in there. That, you know, I just like I don't really (laughs) I check it, you know, every day, of course, but not a lot gets thrown in there anymore. So that was really easy. I mean, that was starting at 150, but it was really easy. to. And that's a good warm up activity. Like, let's get let's just get let's just start clearing out that this is easy to do. But but that's the thing. I I, after I did that, I was like, there's no way I'm opening my work email. My work email is a fucking horror scape. (laughs) Of shit I haven't done yet. Uh, Like, it's... (laughs) And that's the thing. Like, I think that's probably why I've eliminated the whole, like, uh, you know, to-do list and everything. Because my email just serves as the to-do list. Yeah. And clearing out the email, that's a whole day. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that That can eat time. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm at about 150 in the work email right now. Honestly, just... I know you all hate this about me. I know, I know you hate. There's there's active both active you. loathing. You haven't even said it yet. But you bo- <laughs> both hate the way I respond to emails. But do you know what? No one expects from me in 24 hours or less ever. <laughs> Jamie says my boundaries. Yeah. Jamie says the bar are so actually, low. <laughs> no, these are boundaries. You should not expect. Have you? Have you noticed how very few emails you've gotten from me? Yes. 
Yeah. I only call you anymore. <laughs> I know. I, I invade even... your life because that's the only way I'm going to get anything close to what and I even need. Then, you've now noticed what I've done with you, too. I've picked on you just enough about, like, yeah. please warn me about what the fuck you're about to ambush me with. <laughs> because, because, yeah. honestly, it's not the two of you. Yeah. Like, I, I pick on you it's because I know else. you hate these practices, but you are not the two that drove me to do this. Mm-hmm. It's people who consistently take my time without understanding the repercussions of it, who invade the mental sp- space of my day and say, oh, yeah, that thing, blah, 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 and then ruin my whole fucking year in an email. See, some, yeah, some, <clears throat> some people don't email nicely. And I don't, I don't mean that with, like, like courteously. I mean, I mean, there's... There's things that I tend to do in my emails when I talk to people that I I have had very, very lovely interactions with uh, secretaries who've retired in the past because they were like, you know, every time I opened an email from you, regardless of what it was, whether or not you needed something or whether or not you caught a mistake on the website or whether or not blah, 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 blah. I always looked forward to opening your email. I I kind of enjoy being that person where someone, Mm, even if it's something that I need from them, they're like, oh, Andrew, what the hell couldn't he figure out today? Because I try try to be... um, That is so weird. I try to be a person. those same people, those same people are the ones who turn my inbox into a nightmare. See, but it's it's I it's a I it's interpersonal communication. I can't mm-hmm. right? It's that it's I know it's peopling. But at this it's point, peopling. like you have to come and find me and look at the look on my face before you decide to say something stupid to That's me. That's actually why you we got have- to the octopus. The invertible octopus. It's very important. Yes. I need one of it's those. It's very important. I need one of those so hard. <laughs> It is like the apartment flag. If it's if upside down, you're the fucked. The apartment right. is in distress. <laughs> <laughs> the apartment is in distress. Yeah, no. While Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean it's just one of those things where like people will invade your peace to no end. So why not why the what fucking benefit could I possibly have to letting them continue to do it? So no one should expect an email from me and honestly less than seven days at this point because the most urgent thing on my plate is representing 19 of the composers I am most proud of on this planet. And I've done pretty fucking well with that this month. And and when that goes public, I am going to feel no guilt about any little thing that I've ever let slip before in my goddamn life. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. And you, I mean, Jesus Christ, you should feel incredibly, incredibly uh, proud about everything you've been doing recently. Um, because it's it's not only lifting you, it's lifting all of us. That is the which, purpose of adjective. Yep. It's just sometimes we got to wait a little bit between these big... <laughs> We we gotta wait for the tide sometimes. Can I can I yeah. can I tap into that fungus analogy again? Can I do it? Can I do it? Go, go ahead. The mycelial network. <laughs> okay, I do I do have another question, but Ask. I don't know if 
uh, it's gonna bring us down again. Hey, hey, this is <laughs> hey. If you started with the question you started with, and we've brought it all the way up to here, then fuck it. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Well, this is slightly more fun though. Um, what uh, <laughs> because on the on the drive home from Kate, like Kate saw it in my face tonight. Mm. She was like. Okay, you need I don't know what you need, but you need something. So here, these are the two tasks that we have to do tonight. You could either fold the rest of the laundry, which I already folded half of it while she was making dinner, or you could go to the grocery store to get shit for like kids' lunches and stuff like that. Okay, I'll go get the lunches because I don't want to have to like direct children to fold their own clothes, which is what she did. <laughs> Um, um, anyway, as I'm driving home, I hear a Paramore song. I love Paramore. And they, it's one of their, it's not recent, but like, you remember when Paramore came out and they were like the hottest shit in the world and they had that, uh, misery business song that Olivia Rodrigo ripped off. And that was a whole TikTok craze, you know. Um, I'm going to say no, but so, that's me. <laughs> hi. <laughs> You're the problem. <laughs> oh, that's someone else. Never mind. Um, did, Jamie, did you like that uh, Scott, like Taylor Swift thing I sent you? <laughs> it was perfection. It was. It was. It brought like 2002, 2003, Jamie, yeah. right back to the forefront of right? my brain. Right? So anyway, as I'm driving, I, I it's my it's just in my winter playlist right now. There's a bunch of Paramore and some of the Beths and Death Cab for Cutie and my normal winter shit. Um and I'm listening to this song by Paramore, and I've heard it so many times. This is the tonight was the first goddamn time I actually listened to what they were saying. You know? Yeah. And the the first line of the chorus was hold on to hope if you've got it. And I was like, <gasps> all the songs make sense. All the songs make sense. It like hit me so hard. <laughs> so the, the question is, what is a song or several songs that you listen to when you are sad or stressed or depressed, but you don't want the song to cheer you up? You want it to stay in that place and feel those feelings. Like, oh. Do you guys have those songs where it's like, I feel like shit right now mm-hmm. and I want to continue to feel like shit because I know I need to feel this right now. Honestly, there are books that do that better, but I am pulling up my playlist right now. Um, I mean, I can, I can go first because I, yeah. I have several. Um, so... And they're they're totally songs that are tied to very very specific moments in my life. Like for instance, there's um, uh, so when I was um, uh, when I was uh, finishing the doctorate, um, I think I've talked about this before. How at the end of every semester we used to go to Art Gottschalk's Lake House, all the grad students, and we had yeah yeah just debaucherous fun. Um, <laughs> So, 
one of the years I was there, and I think it was the I think it was the second or third year. It was I, it must have been the third year because Steve Bachicha and I were kind of like in charge, like art gate. We we had graduated to the point where art was like okay. That, you know, we're going to be there, but you guys are the ones that are, you buy all the beer, you get the food, you make the arrangements, you guys are in charge. Got the logistics. Yeah. yeah. You guys have the logistics. You make sure no one dies and, you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, that that particular time, um, uh. I got a call like maybe very, very early morning that my father had been taken to the hospital because he was, um, it wasn't a heart attack. They were afraid it was an aneurysm. Mm. Like, yikes. And, uh, you know, or or that it was a, um, it was either an aneurysm or a pulmonary embolism. It turned out that it was pulmonary embolism. Um, (laughs) And uh, it was very like, there, when I called Kate back because she was trying to get in touch with me because my mom was calling her and you know she was still in Houston, I was up around Austin. Service was not great. I probably got so drunk that I, you know, the phone died or whatever. That was that was the state of things at, at these types of events. But um, I listened to the message. I called her, and it was basically like, yeah, they think your dad has about a fifty-fifty shot. Mm you know, of coming through this and that, you know, I was, and I woke up super early. I was the only one awake in, you know, of like 10 grad students for an hour or more. So I just went outside and I put on headphones and it was just like songs I was listening to at the moment, but they took on a whole new meaning. Yep. You know, I was walking around the pool, like cleaning up from the night before and listening to this one song on repeat by uh, the band is Block Party, and it's called This Modern Love. It has nothing, nothing to do with, like, anything sad. But it had the right chord progression to, like, hit me in the right way at the right time. I mean, that's not one of these songs, but that's an example of, like, a song that is tied to a very, very specific moment, and I can't hear it any other way anymore. Hmm. Like, M sad, want to stay sad. Mm. Um, one go-to song is um, Our Lady Peace. Remember them? Oh, barely. Yeah, they had. So I am like in the in that '90s, early 2000s. I was totally someone that I bought an album. And I listened to every single fucking song on it. So um, one of their songs is called 4 A.M. And Jesus Christ, it is devastating to listen to. Mm. It was mm. never a hit. Um, but yeah, Our Lady Peace and 4 AM is one of those songs. Um, there's a song by Paramore called Fake Happy <clears throat> that um you can understand. Um <laughs> that that's another one. And then you remember the you remember the band uh New Radicals? They had that um You Get What You Give. Uh, cool. song barely um i would probably remember it if i listened to it but um yeah it ha- at the end of the song he goes through this like rapid fire thing it's like um and one of the lines is um <coughs> courtney love and marilyn manson you're all freaks run to your mansions come around we'll kick your asses don't 
give up. You got the music in oh, you. Oh yeah. Oh god yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that they're I, I still t- got nothing. Totally a one hit wonder. Yeah, they were. <laughs> one hit wonder 1000%. Mm-hmm. That whole fucking album is pretty damn good. Hmm. And they it has a song on it called I Don't Want to Die Anymore. Holy shit. Devastating if you want to stay sad. Mm. That's a lot, Rob. <laughs> what? Um, okay, so there is a song that I feel like lately gets me in in that mindset. And then there's a couple of older ones. But like, Lord Huron, Phoebe Bridgers, The Night We Met. I know. I know. I know. But. We've talked, we've talked about how Spotify won't let me. Ignore. It, it will, yeah. Ignore Phoebe Bridges. I know. It just comes up all the goddamn time. <laughs> I know. And I'm sorry. Um, but that is that is definitely one of them where I'm just like, I don't get super, I don't get deeply emotional about it, but whenever it comes on, I'm like very, it, it is a moment that I use to center. Yeah. Um, honestly. Good God. Where is, where the fuck is it? Um. I loved a lot of the indie music from the Twilight soundtracks. Okay. And they defined a long period of time in in my listening. And I'm still like, I still throw a couple of them in because they don't get old for me. Mm. Um, and I'm trying to re- remember which one. Some of them are just like fun to fucking dance to. But I, I might even know a few of these because I've listened to so many of them on so many car rides. <laughs> Fuck off, Andrew. Um... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Aqualung, cold, and nope, ghosts by James Vincent McMorrow. Those are the okay. two from those two soundtracks that just won't die on my my mm. playlists. And you then just, you're gonna love this. What'd you say? You just made me remember another song. Um, well, that's c- my continue running playlist. <laughs> Iris. Oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. I know. Well, for and like for TikTok, no, no, no. For, TikTok has eaten it alive. It's everywhere oh, totally. on TikTok. Totally. That like um just like social media and media in general <laughs> has ruined most of Queen's catalog for me, mm. <laughs> you know, it gets bought and overused so much, and they're so they're such good songs, but it's just like, ugh. Honestly, like, um, yes, totally. When in high school, it would have been Goo Goo Dolls' uh, "Black Balloon." Mm-hmm. 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 But I think my all-time like defining Jamie song. Like one that actually gets me in in the good feeling of this is probably a song for the rest of my life I won't get sick of is Drops of Jupiter. Train. <laughs> I I know, I know. But that was the Really? Like, this the right song in the right summer for some big, heavy, emotional mm. teenage things. And I okay. Yeah. This is not why I will love this song, but it was so part of my friend group that one of my friends decided he was in love with me that spring and wrote 
a two-page diatribe in my yearbook type of in love with me and pasted all of the lyrics in in different places. And it was just, it was, it was not cute to spring that on me. It wasn't. I broke his fucking heart. He was in love with my best friend. High schoolers are dumb. High schoolers are dumb. He was in love with my best friend and she would not say yes. So I was the next closest Mm. thing that was breathing. So he was not in love with me. He was in love with the idea of being in a relationship with one of us. It was fine. I let him down as easily as I could for a bitter little teenage harpy. However... There was just a lot going on at that time, and I rediscovered it, I don't know, when, when last summer when we were going back through and rebuilding some of our high school playlists. Yeah. And it's not like I forgot it existed. I just stopped listening to it, and I listened to it then, and I was like, yeah, that defined high school. That was the defining song of, like, Happy Jamie in high school. God. Like within this same, um, I am sad. I want to feel. I want to stay sad. Um, specifically, high school. Yep. Um, it would have been. So, Smashing Pumpkins. They <laughs> they released uh, Siamese Dream, which had like uh, today on it and Disarm. You know, massive, massive hits. Mm-hmm. But then they released the B sides to that as a separate album called Pisces Iscariot. And the first track on that, I believe, is called, I think it's called Frail. Smashing Pumpkins. Um, hang on. I got it. As a yeah. side note, I think soothe. that you become a successful podcaster when you can silently burp and it does not register in your recording track. Nice job. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the the piece the piece is called Soothe, and that's another one mm-hmm. where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna listen to this when I feel like shit, and it, like it's gonna be great. All right, Andrew, um, tell the, us it's Dvorak. Hang, hang on, no, hang on, no, hang on. I, I had I had one more. Okay, fine. One more. But we keep talking over Andrew. <laughs> he doesn't have anything oh, anyway. He doesn't Andrew, listen to Andrew's music. Fine. No, the the other song. I don't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other song you, that you just made me think of while you were um, listening off songs is called Apollo by Noah Reed, and um, my friend, uh, uh, my friend Caitlin um, Bartholik, uh, she has this um, YouTube and TikTok and Instagram uh, where she. She just learns covers and plays them. And uh, her cover of this just, like, hmm. hit me real, real hard. Caitlin and I have, like, played. You know, we, we've played together before. We've made, like, videos and of covers and stuff. And hmm. she's um, she had a, uh, a tumor, a brain tumor that she had to have removed that has basically left her with no hearing in one ear mm. and um we've been we've been talking recently and she's like uh this this happened last year at some point and we've been talking recently about like hey maybe it's you know we're she's getting back to the place where it's like i i want to keep doing this again like mm. let's think up some songs and, and like you know uh, th- like listening to her um 
cover cover of this song and then going to find the, the you know the original recording and it's just like oh so good <laughs> it's so sad i love it andrew what you got Oh yeah, we we weren't lying. Nothing. Uh, to to uh, to to echo something that Jamie and I used to say when we had uh, trio rehearsals. When when we had uh, we're working with um, Sipka Pezenshak now Sipka Price. Uh, when we did a lot of gigs together, we always found what we called the trio effect, where no matter what we were talking about. Two out of the three of us would be like perfectly in sync. Locked safe, yeah, locked up. <laughs> like, 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 and it would always, it would always change. Like, but it, regardless, there was never necessarily anything that all three of us were like unanimously about, or all three of us were like, nah. It was like it, it, from basic, the teeny tiny stuff. Like, two of us had cats because we're married, and she had a dog. Oh. Sipka and I were always in tune. Andrew was always sharp. Hey, hey, <laughs> but, but, but it's true. Um, Pull out, Andrew. The uh, the but so so I feel I feel like here I am again with the with the trio effect. I don't I don't respond to music this way. I don't use music this way. I don't I can't I can't I when when I am in an emotional state, I do not actively seek music out to resonate with me. Do in you that, do in you that seek other things out? Yes. What are those? Film. Okay. And and this is the thing. I I usually one of the reasons why Jamie maybe uh, finds it hard to watch a movie with me is because I like I re, when I when I say I have to be in the mood to watch a certain type of film, like it literally needs to reverberate or resonate with how I'm feeling. Yeah. I I cannot I cannot watch a film to get me out of a bad mood. If I'm in a bad mood, I pick up like Alan Parker's The Life of David Gale. Oh, actually, God. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Honestly, oh. like Or Joe Wright's Atonement. I mean, come on. I, I I mean like Atonement's one of my favorite films of all time that I honestly got really tired of watching TV with you this past year. Because mm-hmm. you and I were on different planets as far as like what to watch in the at night. And for some reason, like in the fall, you started staying up late. And I was like, the fuck? I can't get any work done. I totally done. invaded on your, yeah. And I was like, I, that's when I started going to bed early. I was like, well, he's not in the bed. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you, too. Like, watching, watching a good... So I, I, made a, I made an Instagram post about this uh, the other day because Kate, for, like, just out of the blue, wanted to watch Interstellar. And I was like... Mm. Are you sure? Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's your kryptonite, isn't it? One thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, are you sure about this? Because this is like we're gonna cry. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're gonna cry a lot. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I w- I want to do this. <laughs> and, and we we watched it. And we did. You know, <laughs> because cried a lot. Yeah. Like I figured out. I figured out my uh, my triggers. You know, in a movie, uh, the things that are absolutely 1000% will always trigger me is like an emotional moment with emotional music and a character say, calling another character dad. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's always going to trigger me 1000%. But, the, and, you know, what is Interstellar? It's a story yep. about. You know, a father and a daughter. Yep. 
God damn it. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't hit close to home at all. No, oh. not at all. No, no resonance there whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, the other movie, and this is pretty cliche for a dude, but, I mean, it's Field of Dreams. But again, it's yeah. a father-son story. I mean, like, Interstellar is me as the father relating to my daughters. <laughs> Field of Dreams is me as the son relating to my father. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. they they both hit um, – on uh, different but equally, you know, and I mean, K- Kate has those movies too. When she needs to cry, she watches Fried Green Tomatoes. That mm-hmm. is her movie. Like, I need to get some stuff out of me, and I need to do it without actually like confronting it in a meaningful way. So I'll let the film do it for me, which is totally my relationship to Field of Dreams and Interstellar. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Actually, this is interesting because the books I was bitching about at the beginning. Yeah. Like, I think I'm at the point where I'm close to reading about five books a month, but three of them are always throwaways. Three of them are always throwaways. Don't make that face. They're always a two-day... What? (laughs) (laughs) They're always like a two-day, you know, for some reason last fall I got into hockey romances, and I know exactly why I got into (laughs) hockey romances. It's not because I play hockey. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it is basically oh veal God. at this point. It's not that. Wow. <laughs> but it is like when I want to be in an emotional state, I will go find an Ian McEwen book that will devastate yeah. me. I 100% know that reading basically any of Ian McEwen's output I I ration them so that I'm only reading a new one every year. He only comes out with a new one every other year. So like this, the, his back catalog, I'm still working through. I own most of them, but I'm not reading them in any sort of rush. And they will leave me completely devastated. So I can't read that all the time. So then I grab, you know, the dumb ass hockey romances. And I got in the Palette middle cleanser. of... Palette cleanser. Would you like oh, a little look. cheese with your wine? Organic unity. <laughs> Honestly, in the middle of last fall, when I probably should have been reading nothing but fluffy books, I read a really heavy fantasy romance series that I probably should have well left well enough alone. <laughs> and it's all over TikTok. Everyone who knows knows. If you know, you know. I got to the fifth book and I was Hell, even if you don't know, I know. He know. Yeah, like right. Yeah. I don't know. What are we what what are the, we talking uh, about? Uh Court of Thorns and Roses. Trio series. effect. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's like it is a it is a story about fairies who fall in love with a human, basically. And the human sacrifices herself to save them all. And then in doing so, spoiler alert she becomes a fairy in the end for her sacrifice and there is trauma there is like different people's trauma responses to being in different types of torture situations there's faded mates there's not faded mates there's a totally oblivious blonde douchebag that we don't name everybody calls him tampon now who who needs a name It's because autocorrect usually corrected his name Tam Lin to Tampon. But anyways, 
I read this. See, we're just tying in all the threads. I read this whole series so fast. I got except I got to the fifth book, and it is untangling the oldest sister's trauma. Guess who had to stop reading? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was Andrew th- thinks it's bad when like a plain old husband gets in trouble. This was 18 layers deep in shit and I could not yeah, I could not keep reading it. That's why I switched to hockey romances and like my dear darling friend Amanda DeBoer Bartlett who once told me I was too smart for Twilight and I had to stop that crap. <laughs> I told her about the hockey romance thing, and she's like, no, yeah, I get it. It's okay. <laughs> so I th- so, I think that, like, the frustrating thing about this week and reading these books that have really pissed me off about these arrogant men's decisions is that this is my place for fluff. This is not my place to get angry at the world, and it's fucking up. <laughs> see, this is this is what I was about to jump in and kind of say, is that it's funny because wh- while while... I don't, well, I don't use music as, uh, an echo chamber is the wrong word, but as this kind of reverberant sort of uh, cathartic experience, I will, I have, I have another medium for that. Music is the exact opposite. Generally speaking, if I'm not listening to music for, for just like academic, like rigor analysis, what have you, I listen to music to change my mood mm. from one state to another. I, I don't do that with film. I don't usually like that with film. And in fact, I don't, the, the worst film experiences for me, the films are great usually, but you know that, that, that effect where, or that, that um, trope or technique where you have the audience knows something that the main character or one of the protagonists doesn't. Yeah. So you know this entire time and I can't stand it. I usually I will only be able to watch those movies once. Hmm. I wonder those, if this is tied at all to the fact that you don't dream with visuals. You dream in <gasps> text. Have we talked about that in this podcast? I don't know. What? <laughs> yeah. So we figured yeah. this out. Rob, this man and I have been together for 19 years. This past fall break, he's talking to his sister about the fact that he basically dreams in like movie script. Yeah, I don't. He knows what happens. He knows the story, but he doesn't have visuals to it. Everybody, everybody, yeah, everybody talks about vivid dreaming or what? dreaming in color. It's like, do you dream in, do you dream in color? And my sister and I, I don't, I don't even know what prompted this conversation, I don't but we either. were out. We, and, and Rob, you, you've met my sister, you've yeah. met my brother-in-law, right? We're all out having a time. My sister and I just look at each other I, and this, this kind of comes up and I'm like, yeah, do you do that? And my sister and I are basically the same. We, we can imagine the scenario any way we want to, with any kind of details we want to. But basically, all we really have is a running script of what occurred. We don't actually remember, like, how it looked. What? Yeah. Yeah. I have never you understood guys are this about fucking him. mutants <laughs> and should be studied. <laughs> What is wrong with you? What? Yeah, I know, what? I, don't, I, I like, don't. could not figure out how, why I described. And this is actually like there is. I think I just heard this percentage the other day on TikTok, of course. Four percent of people just do not get visuals at all. When you say a purple star. They don't get a visual. Representation in their mind. 
And I'm wondering if this is somehow tied to that. Now, you are absolute shit at visual- visualizing something I say, like, I'm going to move the couch Thank over you. here. I- <laughs> I'm going to move the couch over here, get blue curtains, and move the television to that corner. You're like, okay, cool. And, and yeah, I have no until idea. Until it's done, I, he can't yeah. picture it. Okay, so... Uh, bef- uh, <laughs> Rob, right. really, have, for you those who can't see this... You just fucking broke my brain. <laughs> Maybe this is the best thing that could have come out of this come out of this this little fact right here because i am totally not focused on my problems anymore. rob's new piece is going to be about andrew's black box meaning his lack of visualization so so before one time before a, a concert this was uh this was maybe last year or something um i was talking to my some of the students that were outside and we were we were talking about um how do when they when they read something um or like do they have an inner monologue do are they hearing someone right yeah right speak to them in an inner monologue and i had a couple students to say no what are you talking about hmm. like or, and it was like when I, when i read something are you do you hear someone saying the words and they were like no i just know the words yeah duh and it was like and we had this moment of complete realization of like they had never considered this. Yep. Yeah. They had never considered that anyone thinks anything is different. How what like do you, <laughs> So these dreams. <laughs> yes, yeah, let's un, yes, yeah, okay. So this. do you do you like see the text? Or, or okay, you just have text. The, no, no. The best way of describing this, it's it's like it's like I am given a script that that I can call into reality, into in. I can visualize it when you're in the dream, or when you're already no, awake. Afterwards, after I do, I do not. When somebody asks me what I dreamed about, it's like I go check my notes. And I can call up a visualization, but that I cannot, I cannot say that is actually what I saw. Well, I can't, I how, cannot. Uh, 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 but hang on. Like, yeah. <laughs> I do dream in visuals. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I can still, like, someone asks you what you dream and you're still like, you are remembering a dream from your unconscious. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that that is actually the thing? It's it's very true, but my m- when when someone asks me if I dream in color, okay, or if I dream in black and white, I cannot give them that answer. People really like don't dream in color. Y- yes. Wow. <laughs> it depends on well, the apparently, dream. I, apparently, me. I don't even dream in pictures for sure. I, I dream <laughs> in color, except if it's a, like a night terror, and then it's blue. I oh I oh everything is, is tinted blue in the entire thing. Mine is like full fucking HD. Mm-mm. I have great dreams. You up you upgraded. <laughs> like my my dream life is is awesome. Except you gotta the, channel that you got to channel that into your composition life. <laughs> except my reoccurring nightmares about bears. <laughs> ah, there it is. There it is. Another no. thread of continuity between these. There have been like there have been two. I think it's only been two time periods of my life where I got nightmares at least once a week 
that were vivid blue. And I had a hard time distinguishing them from reality other than the fact that they were tinted blue. Like I Mm. woke up once screaming at Andrew because I thought my dad had died in a car accident and I had been there. Mm, And like I had to wait an hour and a half to call him to make sure he was alive. Yeah. But they were they are hyper realistic other than they look like that. um, That movie. Why do I always? Oh, the butterfly effect. Butterfly effect. Literally, yeah. uh, you know, like all of the scenes where he's seeing the effects of some decision are all tinted blue. That is my horror nightmares. So, so, he, so again, I might not be describing this in a way that's accurate because who the hell knows? All, all I can say is that I said this thing. I said this this one thing that I thought was completely Innocuous. inane yep. or asinine, and my sister looked at me and was like. You too. <laughs> so there's 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 something to that. Okay, but the but but it's like it's like you would be reading a screenplay, right? Yeah. Like the 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 stuff the stuff about the film that you would experience is not all in there, right? You get general information about dialogue. You get general information about emotional state. You get general information about the scene, but that could be realized. Anyway, there's a different way to think about this that ties into the do you read out loud in your head? Okay, and that is that we don't have to be fed something through time to absorb it. The reason we read out loud in our head is because that's how we were taught to. But if you see a phrase that is hyper familiar to you, he said, she said, you don't read it as he said, she said anymore. You use those as guides to keep track of who is. Who is saying something? But that little glom of words, you can absorb all at once. Right. So people who speed read do this as a habit. They read five or six words at one time, not by linearly understanding them, but absorbing them as a concept rather than as a sentence. This is why I read so slowly. This is the same thing that Andrew is doing in Dreamland. He is absorbing the dream as a concept and he's using it to just, he's describing it as a script, but it's also not like he's sitting down and reading it linearly. His dream is this happened. It's just not visual. So all, all I you... know is I don't, I don't feel like I've experienced it. I feel like <laughs> I go back and I like, I put the projector on of this, of today's director remaking this dream. <laughs> so you. Still trying to don't even, don't even try. <laughs> Still trying to understand this. So when you're asleep, yeah, and allegedly dreaming, yeah, that that's what we're going with. Are you experiencing anything, or do you only experience the dream after you wake up? I I only experience the dream after I wake up. So when you're no. asleep, like nothing Sorry, happens. No. You you talk you talk about it. You tell me I talk. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but his no, his yeah. consciousness is not registering that. Mm-mm. So no, you also have those. Um, I mean, I don't think that these are necessarily part of dreams. You have some really violent movements in your sleep sometimes. Remember that time you like took out my spine with your knee? Yeah, there was, there was, there was, <laughs> yeah. Remember that yeah. time you thought you were breaking down a door in your sleep? That okay. It was me. That, <laughs> I was the door. <laughs> and again, okay, here and again, here's how that whole process happened. I suddenly found myself awake mm-hmm. 
And the first thought I had was, man, that was a really hard door. <laughs> and my brain then went, what? <laughs> and I checked the screenplay, and apparently Andrew had kicked down a door that happened to be Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. you also woke yeah. up to me shouting at you. That was That was not a subtle one. You had to think back on what it was, but like... That was the one time I was like, that's not just a normal he is dreaming. That is a, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I reiterate, you guys are mutants and you should be studied. I d- you know, there's probably something to that. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know that we solved anything. But we definitely damn, it did was- not. <laughs> It was fun doing it, so. (laughs) (sighs) Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.